We just rejoice in your presence, for you are great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being our God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh, praise the Lord. How great is our God. Amen. 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 This morning we're going to take a little bit of a hymn that David wrote. Because David was preparing everything for the temple that Solomon had to build. And we talked about Solomon's temple and just what it went in there. This is what David wrote. Yours, O Lord is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, O our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. Amen. Amen. I came from 1 Chronicles 29, starting in verse 11. God possessed all greatness. God does possess all greatness. Amen. There is an immensity of dignity of nature. He possesses all that. All the perfections, all the power, all the might, everything belongs to God. Everything is of God. is excellent in glory and superiority to all beings of honor. He brings majesty, grandeur, might, and honor to men who claim to be children of God, men of God, women of God. God brings you all this. And David says, we have to worship your greatness. Amen. We have to bow down to your power and your glory. We have to register in our heads and in our hearts just who you are. 
just how powerful you are. He says that God brings both riches and honor. Everything comes from God. Everything that was made was made by God. Everything that exists exists because God created it. God created you. He created me. He created all of us. He created the materials that the chairs are made of. The material the microphones are made of. He created all this for his people. And Jesus wanted to bring that out. I mean, David wanted to bring that out in this message. He says, your name is exalted. And we should have gratitude towards God. Amen. Our hearts should be headed towards God. All the time. If you have a gratitude towards God, you won't have negative feelings. Amen. It's impossible. It's impossible to be loving on God and feel bad. It just can't be done. All discontentment, all self-pity, all jealousy and pride, they're no match for divine thankfulness. Gratitude to God is rooted in the realization that God is and what he has done for us. It's all what God has done for us. Amen. It's not what we've done for God, but it's what God has done for us. Everything is God's. Everything comes from God. How great is our God? Hallelujah. How great thou art. I give thanks. Nations and rulers, consciously or unconsciously, are under his authority. Amen. They may realize that and honor that, or they may not. But God is still in control. Amen. Whether they decide that or whether they don't. Because he owns everything. He is ultimately responsible for everything. Because he owns it all. So how hard is it to pay a tithe to something that God already owns? How hard is it to praise his name for what he's done? I mean, we can all think of things every day that God has done for us. Starting with the air you're breathing. Amen. But he has led many of us out of darkness. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Into his light. Thank you, Lord. You know, Pastor Rodriguez says, the greater the hell that God brought you out of, the greater your praise. Amen. There's people in here that should be shouting from sunup to sundown mm-hmm. for what God has done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. How prideful can we be that we would not surrender to God? How prideful. If we place our trust in God, we can enjoy his presence, his creation, his resources, and his freedom. Because God has set us free. 
He has set us free. Amen. He sent Jesus to pay for our sins and break all those chains. In Philippians 4, 19, it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God will meet all your needs. Doesn't say your next door neighbor's going to do it. Doesn't say your friend's going to do it. Doesn't say your boss is going to do it. It says God is going to meet all your needs. Amen. God will meet all your needs. Gratitude to God is the greatest secret of Christian life. When you can turn your heart into surrender and show gratitude to God, so much peace will come upon you. So much peace, so much joy, so much thankfulness will come on you. Gratitude means we never forget what God has done for us. But it also means we're going to be grateful for what he will do. Because every one of us that is still alive, God is still working on. Amen. He's still working on each and every one of us. We may not think that, but he is. He still has plans for us. It's remembering his past, present, and future faithfulness. Gratitude is transformed because God is focused on his concerns. You know, we sit down and, and, and we spend time on our knees and we're praying. Oh God, I need this. Oh God, give me this. Oh God, oh God, oh God, do this. Why not? Oh God, whatever your will is for me, there you go. give it to me. Come on. Let me follow your will. Come on. Because God has a better plan for your life than you do. Amen. Amen. God knows better what you need. I mean, we have prayer here in the mornings. You got people praying in tongues. The Holy Spirit is praying for them. They don't know what he's praying for. <clears throat> but God knows. Yeah, amen. The Holy Spirit knows what you need. Amen. I mean, you always hear single women, oh, give me some man handsome and rich. <laughs> It's maybe not what God wants for you. Maybe God wants somebody that's going to love you the way you deserve to be loved, the way Jesus loved the church. That's what you need. That's what we all need. We get so caught up in the world. Oh God, where's my Bentley? It used to be a Ferrari, but now I can't get in one, so I changed to a Bentley. <laughs> and I think I'll switch to a Rolls Royce because they're even more. But God knows I don't need one. I probably couldn't afford the gasoline that one takes anyway. <laughs> you know, it's it's tough when you got to take out a loan to buy gas. <laughs> But if we have appreciation for our Heavenly Father, 
if we express it to him in humble worship, if we praise him and honor him and live for him. Thank you, Lord. And don't break that fellowship with him because we all have opportunities and we've all done that. You know, we're praising God and the anointing's flowing and things are going well. And then all of a sudden we get caught up in some worldly thing and boom, it's all gone. The relationship you had with Jesus is just gone. It's broken. And now you got to put it back together. But Jesus is there for you. Matthew 5 eight says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. I want to see God. I know I'm gonna stand before him someday. I'm gonna to have to account for everything that I've ever said or done, as are each and every one of you. Amen. So no matter where we are in life, no matter what our situation is, no matter what our circumstances are, we can thank God every day of our lives we need that attitude of thanksgiving, that attitude of gratitude. We need to recognize just who God is, just how powerful he is, just how awesome he is. I mean, he made man out of the dirt of the earth. He made woman out of a rib of a man. He created each of one every one of us with a purpose. Scripture says he knows what we were going to do, what plans he had for us while we weren't even formed in the womb yet. If we're not living up to what God has for us, it's our fault, not his. It's because we ran away from God. Things would never have happened, but we can get back into God's good graces because of his grace, Amen. because of his mercy. We just need to recognize how important he is. Amen. If God has our heart, I mean, look at David. David wrote this. And look at David's life. It wasn't perfect by any means. I mean, he was an adulterer. He was a murderer. He was a warlord. Yet he loved God. Amen. He loved God. Amen. And he knew the power of God. Remember when he ran away and that he went into the temple and he asked the priest for something to eat? And he ate the bread. Right out of the holy place. He took the showbread and ate it and fed his people which was only supposed to be eaten by the priests. But God didn't kill him. God didn't do anything to him because he knew. David knew how to get next to God Amen. and ask God's forgiveness. Yes, I mean, there were things and consequences David paid for all his actions. 
just there are consequences for the actions that we have. Yeah. Amen. I mean, some of the issues that we have in life are caused by our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Because of what we've done, because of our own disobedience. But the Lord is worthy of our praise. Amen. He's worthy of our gratitude. He's worthy of our adoration. God is great. Psalm 75, verse 1. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. Men tell of all your wonderful deeds. If you listen to a place where there's Testimonies, if you have friends and they testify to you what God has done in their lives, the stories could just continue and continue and continue. People have written books about what God has done in their lives. David says, oh Lord, yes, the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Think about that. All that is in heaven and earth is yours. All that belongs to God. Yours is the kingdom. And Lord, you are exalted above all of it. Amen. You are exalted above all of it. Both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. Your hand is power. Your hand is might. Your hand is great. Your hand is able to make great. So now, therefore, God, we thank you. We thank you and we praise your glorious name. Amen. David gave all he had. Because he loved God and he loved the house of God. He knew he couldn't build the temple. But everything he had, he poured into it. Amen. He piled up everything and gave it to Solomon to use. We need to support God. We need to love God. We need to support his house. Matthew tells us, for where your treasure is, is where your heart will be also. And we have people that worship all kinds of things. People worship cars. People worship this. People worship that. We have so many people that are caught up in worshiping money. They worship money. They might as well bow down to a dollar. Well, I got news for you. You can't take it with you when you go. It might just keep you from where you need to be. It's like, you know, when you think about David, if you've read anything about him, you would think that David and God were like Adam and Eve. They just knew each other. They talked to each other. But that's the same kind of relationship you can have. That's the same kind of relationship God wants with you. He wants to walk with you hand in hand in the garden. Amen. He wants to sit with you in the cool of the day. He wants to speak with you. He wants your time. 
And now you have become the temple of God. So now he wants you to act accordingly. Pursue his righteousness. Pursue his holiness. Because other than being a temple, you are a temple. Amen. And God dwells within you. Amen. He dwells within you in the form of the Holy Spirit, but he dwells inside of you. He's there to guide you. He's there to protect you. He's there to comfort you. He's there to steer you in the right direction. It's the only reason we don't go there is because of our own selves. Our own foolishness. Our own thoughts, our own desires, our own pride. Colossians, Paul wrote, Before a great God there is there are no small works. Everything should be done for the glory of God. In other words, no matter how big or how small, what you do is do it for the glory of God. Because if you glorify God, he will reward you. Are we playing games? You know, you took the Egyptians and they had the Israelites captive, slaves for many years. What a horrible life that must have been to be slaves. To have to get up every day and do what someone else tells you all the time. Work from sunup to sundown. Building an empire for the Egyptians. And then God says to, he finds this man Moses and he tells Moses, look Moses, you go over and you talk to the Pharaoh and you tell him this. You tell him he has to set my people free. Just like Jesus came on a cross and set you free. So Moses tells him and eventually he gets the Israelites free. And they're heading out of Egypt. And they're marching along. And all of a sudden a light bulb goes off in the Pharaoh's head. And he says, I can't let them go. I must be crazy. So he gets his army and he starts to chase them. So here they are, three and a half million people fleeing Egypt with Pharaoh's army behind them. And they run into the Red Sea. They got nowhere to go now. They can jump in the water and drown. So what does God do? He parts the Red Sea for them. The scriptures tell us that they cross on dry ground. I mean, it wasn't even muddy. They cross on dry ground. And the minute the last one gets across, as all of Pharaoh's army is in the Red Sea, God just closes up the gap and he takes care of the enemy. How many times has God parted the Red Sea for you? 
How many times has God made a way for you? And stops that enemy right behind you. How many times has he crushed that enemy? In Acts 12, you find Peter in jail. Just for preaching the gospel. Could happen to any of us. Happens to people in other countries right now. But Peter's in jail. He's chained. He's sleeping. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord comes. Now, the scripture says that the angel just struck him on the side. I figure the angel slapped him. <laughs> Wake up, Peter. <laughs> you know, at least that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but he tells Peter, get up. And Peter rises, and the chains just fall off. Again, those chains that bound you, maybe you were bound to an addiction of some sort, drugs, alcohol, gambling, pornography, who knows what it is, money, maybe some of you are still bound to that one, but the chains just dropped off, and he sends Peter out and tells Peter to come on. Now, if you read the rest of the story in Acts 12, you, you find out there's Peter and, and the whole fellowship group that he hang out with. They're inside this house and they're just praying for him. And he's knocking on the door. They're inside praying, he's knocking on the door. It says that a woman comes to the door. She sees, she's kind of scared. We thought you were in jail. How can you be at the door? How can you be at the door? But he let him in. And in Acts 16, you have Paul and Silas chained. And they're in there and they're chained. And I listened to a pastor that said he went to one of these places where Paul was in jail and he said the roof on the jail was only this high. So he had to be chained bent over. But here's Paul and Silas chained. What are they doing? Singing songs of praise to God. Singing praise to God. You know, sometimes we get into that dark little pit that we've all fallen into. Rather than sit there and throw ourselves a pity party, we need to start praising God. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Lord. We need to praise our way out. Yes, Shout our way out. Glory. Give God the glory to get out. Because it's all about that. So an earthquake comes and it breaks their chains. The scripture says the jailer flips out. Mm 
He's ready to kill himself because he thought everybody escaped. Paul says, no, we're here. Amen. We're here. Men of integrity. You know, being a Christian means you got to have some integrity. Amen. You got to have some ethics. Praise God. You don't cheat, lie, and steal. You got to have some integrity. So Paul assures the jailer that he's here. What does the jailer say? Tell me what I got to do to be saved. He said, whatever it is you got, I want. And that's the way people should react. You're going out, you're representing yourself as a Christian. You're representing yourself as a child of God. Yes. And people, when they see you and they see how you handle situations and they see what you do, they should be asking you, how can I get saved? What do I have to do to have that attitude? What do I have to do to have that relationship that you have? Where you've sat here struggling, struggling, and you're still praising God. You're struggling and you're still praising God. You could lie your way out of the situation. You could cheat your way out of it. But instead, you do the right thing. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And now the people want to know, how do I get saved like you? How do I get what God has given you? The door opened for Paul. And it says he saved the jailer and his whole family and probably the whole neighborhood. was a remarkable experience. One of the most outrageous encounters was Paul on the road to Damascus. When oh, yeah. he was a killer of Christians. And then all of a sudden Jesus just comes on him. He goes to his knees and goes, they told him where to go, and God blinded him. Blinded him for three days because it probably took that long to cleanse him, to get all that old out of him. But Paul reminds us that when we surrender to Christ, our old is gone. Amen. The problem is we still hang on to bits and pieces of it. We still hold on to those things that bring us momentary pleasures. We still hold on to things that we should have let go of. They call them soul ties. We're still tied up to certain things. So how can we have that really close relationship with God, the one that like David had, where he writes great are you Lord, your majesty, everything? How do we have that kind of encounter with God? We have to let go. Yes, Lord. 
You have to let go of what holds you here. Yes, Lord, yes. Let it go. Unfortunately, some of us have to let go of people we call friends mm. because they bring us down. We just have to let go of those relationships because they don't understand where you are with God. There are people that call themselves Christians, but they don't live the life. They want to say the word, but they're only fooling themselves. You have an opportunity to minister to those people if you know them. I've known several, especially when I was in a larger church. You got to see the people that we just called them pew warmers. They would come in and just warm the pew and leave. I don't think they got anything out of the message. They got nothing out of worship. They got why they came, I don't know. Out of obligation, who knows? Of course, then you have your C and E's, your Christmas and your Easter people. I'm a Christian. I go to church twice a year. Glory be the name. I sung me a song and everything. I gave the church a dollar. I love you, God. It takes more. It takes real work to get that relationship with God. It really does. In my earlier days as a Christian, it was easier being a drug addict than it was a Christian. Christian was too much work. I mean, I had to pay bills. I had to be honest. I had to do all these things. When I was a drug addict, all I had to do was go out and find drugs. I didn't do anything else. But now I have to live a life for God. But he rewarded me. He kept me alive. Most of my friends that I was partying with, they're dead. They're gone. God has a purpose for each and every one of you. Each and every one of you. Are you living up to what God would have you do? I mean, the first psalm tells us that we are to listen to holy people and not people of the world. But yet so many still take advice from our worldly friends. Taking financial advice from somebody that's been bankrupt a couple times, not maybe your best idea. Taking marital advice that somebody's been divorced three times, not your best counselor. I know one person, she got divorced and she was so lonely when she was divorced, she talked two or three of her friends into getting divorces. So she had somebody to hang out with. And then when they got divorced, she went and got married. 
So she really didn't care for them at all. She just cared for her own pity party. People, humans do strange things. That's why God gives us all a gift of discernment. But God is so great. He is so awesome. That David wrote in the 40th Psalm that he was down in a pit, a miry pit of clay. And if you've ever been in a miry pit, I mean, that just means there was no way to get a foothold. It's nothing but a pit of slime. You can't get yourself out of it. But he said, God just reached down and pulled me out. So wherever you are right now, God can reach down and he can pull you out of that situation Amen. because he is great. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You don't have to live there. God will put your feet on solid ground. Amen. Scripture says he'll put a new song in your heart. So Paul had that Damascus Road experience. But what kind of experience have you had with God? What kind of encounter have you had? What kind of encounter do you need? Because God's presence is in this place. Amen. Amen. He is here. His name is exalted on high. The scripture tells us that God exalted him. David exalted him. Sometimes we need to pray and praise God and surrender our will to God. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Do I exalt thee? A good way to start your day a good way to submit to God is recite the Lord's Prayer every day. And listen to it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. What more could you ask of God every single day? Let's stand to our feet. God is powerful. God is great. God is powerful. This morning, if you need a touch from God, maybe you want to come down and just say, Oh, Lord, I haven't been as close to you as I should. Let me just get a little bit closer to you today. Let me just leave this place a little bit closer than I was. Let me just leave this place knowing you a little bit better. Take away whatever I had that put me in that pit and lift me up, O oh Lord. Exalt his holy name. Oh Lord, oh God.
Lift up your prayers to God. Lift up your voices to the Lord. Cry out to Him right now.